So good morning to each and every one of you. It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, when I am online every day from 8 until 9, Monday to Friday, and then on Sunday at 10 o'clock on Word of Life Facebook page, it is so easy to say what God is telling me to say and then switch off the camera and disappear. Uh, but it's delightful when we get together and we can see each other face to face. I came a little early and I put my bag there, but I said to the ladies welcoming, I'm sorry, but I have to stand at the back here. I said, because I'm a people's person and I have to see everybody, I have to hold everybody, I have to squeeze everybody, I have to say good morning to everybody. And I'm in a Presbyterian church as well. <laughs> because you are created in the nature and image of God. And so you are prophetic. What you say over yourself, over your children, over your church, over your community, over the nations, over your money, over your beauty, over your lovely face, over your skin, over your hair is prophetic and the tongue has the power of life and death. So you either look in the mirror and say, it is good, it is very, very good. And you look at the curves and you go, it is good, it is very, very good. Or you look in the mirror and you say, oh, my act like a bigitriere. And you are then prophesying over yourself. 
You need to also be able to prophesy over your children as they are born to be able to speak into that little ear. I am waiting on the, about the 26th of June. My sixth granddaughter will be born. I have a bevy of beauties if you have any grandson. <laughs> the oldest is 18 and desperate for a husband. <laughs> the youngest is seven and now this one that is going to be born in June. But when they are born, we are very definitely either at the birth, if it's a home birth, at the hospital when the real mommy and baby pass, we're at the bed, but now things have changed a lot. But I want to say to you that when that baby is born, myself and, and uh, with this particular baby, myself and the mother-in-law, Jenny, it's her daughter, my son, we are both on fire, grannies for God, preachers. So we are right there, rabba shandering as that baby of God. And we are declaring the good praises of God over them that they will have brilliant brains and that they will excel in all their ways. Do you know that we only use a very small percentage of our brain? Even those that are geniuses do not use the full capacity of their brain. God says in his word that he will give us witty inventions. And he says, and the woman will publish. So inside of you are statements, stories, and books that need to be released. And you are responsible for raising a generation that are going to be phenomenal for God. And the Jewish parents and grandparents say in the baby's ear, you will be a doctor, you will be a scientist, you will be an astronaut, you will be a physicist. And uh, we need to decree those things over our lives and over our children. One of the difficult seasons is when they get to puberty and they get to teenage years. They are either very shy and very protective over their bodies or they have found out that they've got curves and they're very precocious. Either way, we have to coach them through those places and speak over them uh, the destiny of God. We, our children are different to the children of the world. And we are raising a standard in the earth more so now than ever before. As the buildings closed, we were thrust out into the world and we have been the kingdom wherever we are found now. You will be in a coffee shop when somebody will come and start a conversation and you will feel, not because you're a prophet, but because you are prophetic by nature, you will feel the love of God begin to rise up inside of you. <coughs> and you will begin to speak words of life. Thank you, this lovely lady in the yellow dress. You begin to speak words of life over the star. Christians are, must be the most generous people. Instead of having that second cup of coffee, give them, and you paid maybe 30 rand for your sandwich, give them the 30 rand for the cup of coffee that you decided not to drink so that you can bless them. We are known, we are need to be known for being a generous people, a people that display the glory of God. I think the Lord has a sense of humor to keep me calm because if I get excited, I cough. The Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be known to all men, to mankind. The Lord is at hand. And I love this verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we are not a people only that come to the temple. In the book of Acts, they went from house to house and they went to the temple. And we are a people in the highways and the byways. In Mark 6 verse 45, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida. Immediately. When we went into lockdown in March 2020, it was immediate. I don't know if it happened in your community, but it happened in some of our side of the world, where a little van drove around the streets with a loud hater saying, please stay in your house, please remain in your house. When we look at it now, we go, my goodness, this was scary. And so God has some immediates. God has some soons. God has some very soon. And when he said to the disciples, it says immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him, not with him, before him, to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. The Lord is looking after his church and he is the one building his church, but he calls us as his people to go ahead, to lead to open pathways and doorways, to cut a, a pathway in this end time, in unusual places, in the creche, on the school committee, wherever you find yourself, you will suddenly find out that half of the pe people sitting around you are also children of God. Even right now as Russia has invaded Ukraine, Ukraine has pushed back and taken out 85 tanks already, etc., etc. I'm not going to go into all the figures. But the Ukrainian people are sending messages to say that the Ukrainian believers, the Church of, uh, of Jesus, have gone into prayer and fasting on a daily basis. <laughs> they are meeting in the subways to worship God and those that were backslidden are coming back to God. And those that didn't know God are asking about the way of salvation. So we have man's history and we have God's history. Let us prick our ears up to hear God's history. So what is God's plan for you? Maybe you have come through two years of lockdown and you have said, okay, I hear the Lord saying, get in the boat and go to the other side. What does it say? Verse 47 of Mark 6 says, Now when evening came, do you find that you sometimes in the morning of your ministry, feeling absolutely amazing, you renovate the building, you're here, you want to invite friends, and there comes an evening. When the evening comes, it's when COVID arrived, and there comes up a boisterous wind, and the boat is right in the middle of the sea. You see, when the Lord gives you a prophetic promise, it has a roadway. And it has a landing strip. And when you get into the boat of possibility and the boat of dreams, you're like, yay, I was at that meeting and Rose gave me a word and God knows about me and it's so amazing and oh, I'm such a high. And then, and then came evening. And evening is when you find out that your son is on drugs or your, 
your, your husband had a medical condition. On the 1st of May 2015, my husband had a stroke, a left brain stroke that left his right side paralyzed. He did not know his children's names or my name. He looked at me like, who are you? Are you the nurse? Well, he looked at me and I said, it's Rose and I'm your wife. These are your children. When they uh, were teaching him recognition and showed photographs of his children, they said, like Adam said, giraffe, they showed him a photo of my, our daughter and he went, uh, Angela. Her name's <laughs> Bernice. And so whatever came out just came out and he had to learn all those things. And so we were in full flight ministry. Um, I was in ministry with my husband for 35 years and married to him for 43 years. And so I have uh, three married children, six granddaughters with one that's going to be born now. And I think I have a medal. Yes. To tell you yes. if I made it, you will. <laughs> I made it. My children sit me down and say, Mom, you're still really young at heart and you're still running around and staying in Stellenbosch and Grayton and I'm in art classes learning art. And they said, you know, we give you permission to remarry. <laughs> I said, well, thank you very, very much. But right now I'm enjoying having no bullies, no babies and no bosses. <laughs> He was so easy to love and he loved me so well. If I came home, my bath was run, candles were lit, and he would just really, he really served me and loved me as I served him and loved him. I remember thinking, of, as I read the scripture, I think about when the evening came and the boat of our lives was in the middle of the sea and you each have your own story for this piece of scripture that I am referring to. I remember the night, the 1st of May, so it was the last day of April, coming home and thinking, he doesn't look so good. And I said to him, are you okay? And he said, it took me the whole day to make a cup of coffee. I must have, should have realized something then. But I had been at the church teaching the prophetic team on the resurrection of the dead. And how to raise the dead. As I got into bed that night, I sensed that he wasn't breathing. And I remember sitting on top of him and um, slapping him around and calling his name. And when nothing was happening, I lifted him like this and just dropped him back on the bed out of desperation. And as I dropped him back, his breath came back. And soon, within hours of that, he was in a government hospital. God uses your disability and your disappointment for his glory. Amen. There he was stuck for four days in a government hospital where they don't do CT scans, MRIs, and you watch the stroke setting in. Where they could squeeze, they can no longer squeeze, where they could, couldn't speak and they still can't speak, etc., etc. And so, as the boat was in the middle of the sea, on the fourth night, I got a message as I was waking up on the fifth morning from a man that said to me, Rose, thank you so much. 
That's lovely. Thank you. The man that said to me, Rose, I'm in Chicago on a medical conference at the moment, but I have heard the news, and I want you to go to that government hospital and get him out and take him to the Panorama Hospital. And I said, I don't have medical aid. There's nothing that, no ways I can do this. He said, I am paying the bill. Amen. He put a half a million rand, 500,000 rand, into Panorama's account. But I was still in the boat and the boisterous wind. And yes, that's lovely. Thank you, Lord. But I only can appreciate it when I get to the, uh, to the other side. Because at that time, you are in the storm. And sometimes you're in a storm and your friends are saying to you, you need to be grateful. Oh, you need to thank God. Oh, you need to sing. Oh, well, let me tell you something. When you're crushed, very the only thing that keeps you is God's grace. Amen. And God came with this grace bubble when we got into Panorama that when people came to visit him, nothing had changed. He was just going downhill. I would say, I see the glory of God coming out of the situation. Mm. Not because I was being a woman of faith, because the grace of God surrounded me and the peace of God came upon me and thank goodness I did not understand the ramifications. Stay away from Google when it comes to medical conditions because you will believe that you are dying tomorrow. (laughs) I remember a physician, that man put that money in. The next miracle, a physician came into that ward. He was appointed. Anybody that has a stroke has a physician and then he oversees the case and calls in whoever they need, whether it's a cardiologist or whoever. And he looked at the name next to my husband's bed and he said, Lionel Ritter. I said, that's right, this is my husband. The Lord said to me, I want you to stay with Lionel day and night because he cannot represent himself and the reason that I want you to stay with him is I want you to protect the anointing that is on his life. Why? Because this mouth can either build that anointing or strip that person of that anointing. And he didn't have it even inside of him to do that. So this physician said, Lionel Rhoda, I said, that's correct. I said, in fact, it's Dr. Lionel Rhoda. Because now I have to build prophetically who the man is. He's not just a body lying in a bed. I said, he's Dr. Lionel Rhoda. He is a preacher and an apostolic end time minister. He said, thank you. And he took my hand. He said, I'm a Christian. He went back to his office. He got onto the internet. He found our website. He came back. He said, you're both preachers. He said, I'd like the staff please to change his name on that board. And they put up Dr. Red. If you call a Mercedes-Benz, a Volkswagen is not going to change. But if you call a Mercedes-Benz, a Mercedes-Benz it will remain a Mercedes-Benz, but it can't go to backward. And then he said, I will get your husband back into the pulpit. He saved his life a number of times as his boat was in the middle of the storm. 
One day he arrived at my husband's bed. He was in Panorama for 18 days, and when he arrived at my husband's bed, my husband was gone. He'd gone into kidney failure, and he was gone. That physician was so distraught, he collapsed next to the bed, and they rushed him to ER to find out that he was having an, a, a tachycardia event because he did not want to lose this man. They had to revive him. And I got a phone call in the, in the coffee shop to say, please come, and my husband was then rushed into ICU. And there he stayed until they brought him through kidney failure. And so the report went from, it's a stroke, he will, be, he will recover fully within a year, to going for a deep brain uh, MRI to say, they all offer stop. So the neurologist looked at the carpet and played with his foot on the carpet. I said, what do you want to tell me? He said, the brain, no, the brain got very sore. What is that in Afrikaans? The brain had biosyrgekrein. But in direct translation, the brain got very sore. I said, so what does this mean? I said, what? He said, not one year. I said, two years, three years, and he didn't answer. He said, I'll tell you what. Take it three months, six months, one year, two years, and let's see what. Let's see. I said, what is two or three years out of a marriage of 40 odd years? I'm fine. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. After the 18 days, he had to get out of his boat, that comfortable bed, where the Lord had not only an agenda for my husband's healing, but an agenda and call for me to be the prophet to the medical staff sitting in doctor's offices prophesying over them. I remember prophesying over the physician and saying that God is going to change him and his uh, wife's life completely and I said, and bless them. And I said, I want you to know that God is asking you to give him permission to bless you. He cried. He was on this side of the desk with his telephone on record and holding my hand and crying. And he wiped his eyes and he said, you have said so much and I'm going to play it to my wife tonight. And he came back the next day and he saw me in the passage as he was rushing to and fro and he said, can I see you at 11 o'clock my, in my rooms? I said, sure. And I went, he said, there's a part of the prophecy. What does it mean to ask God to bless us? And I immediately went into word of knowledge. I said, you are um, a pastor's son, a, a Dumanese son, aren't you? He said, yes. I said, and your father's driven the same car for 30 years? He said, yes. And your father believed that you have to not excel, be, uh, you can't prosper because you're the pastor. And I said, and you are in the same position. And God wants to bless you, but you have a blockage and you, and you need to say, God, I'm willing, I'm, I'm ready for your blessing. And he said, that is incredible. He said, I drive the same car for 30 years. The other doctors moan at me, but more than that, we have a property in Bloemfontein that has not sold and we're still paying the bond on it. I said, let us pray. And I said, you pray. And he said, Father, I break this paradigm and I give you permission to bless me. Within two weeks, the house sold, Amen. and 
the blessing of God get, brought increase. And the University of Cape Town headhunted him, and he's the chair of medicine at UCT. And so as I met more and more cardiologists, physicians, the Lord, I said to the Lord, what is this purpose? And the Lord said, keep connecting these men. They were all men. He said, keep connecting these men. For, now this is before COVID, people. This is in 2015. He said, because I am raising a standard amongst these physicians and specialists for ethical medicine. Medicine isn't automatically ethical. Is it ethical for your mother, father, brother, sister to die alone, intubated in a hospital? That's not ethical. But God, when the storm comes, the storm manifests in such a way that you want to give up hope and think that 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 God said about ethical medicine never won and that unethical medicine won. But first there is a storm before there is a breakthrough. And this is not a time for us to give up. This is a time for us to stand up and stay in that call that God has called us to. You have not lost your anointing, your gifting, your calling, whether you're a grandmother, a mother, a wife, wherever you are, a single woman, you have been called to infiltrate, to influence, to bless, to excel, to increase to a thousand generations. You won't be here for a thousand generations. But the seed that you are dropping into the ground is not to see a harvest today, but in the generations that are yet to come. God is speaking. He is speaking. God is never silent. And we say, God, why don't you tell us what to do? Can't you just speak a bit louder? And the Lord says, will you come closer? It's as we come into the place of intimacy, these two years have been a place of returning to the first love of God. This is the place where we dug in to our place of intimacy and our first love. And as Karen so rightly said this morning, we get up and we rush off. Uh, this is the thing that I am guarding my life, I'm using my life to guard my life in this, is that I will not again have a diary to boast about how many meetings, but that my life will be lived under the place of intimacy unto the Lord. I was in Israel in many, about done four uh, trips to Israel, and six weeks before my husband passed away, I was in Israel, and the Lord said to me, go to the Jordan River. And I did. And while I was there, he said, take off your fancy gold tackies, because I don't wear tackies. So if I'm going to, they must at least be bling. I'm too short to wear tackies. So he said, take off your fancy bling tackies and wash your feet for your new walk. He said, wash your hands for your new gifting. Wash your face and let go of the pain. Then he said to me, I want you to buy a ring. Now, this is the ring that's bought in Israel, and you can turn it on itself, and it says, My beloved is mine, and I am his, and he's been over me, his love, in their writing. 
And he said, when Lionel goes to be goes to heaven, you will wear this ring as a betrothal unto me. You see, when a prophet has dreams, the dream is not just for me, but for the prophet, but for the people. So I had a dream some years ago um, where I landed a job that I didn't apply for. You've all landed a job that you didn't apply for when you came to Christ. <laughs> and in the dream, the people were on the sides of the street and they were having their little flying flags and rejoicing. And I went, I landed a job that I didn't apply for, but my goodness, the perks are so good, I will just take it. Even though I didn't actually go for the interview. And as I'm walking and everybody's so excited, this most beautiful man that I know always afterwards, that it's the Lord, came and walked alongside me, scooped me up and put me on his shoulders. Then the people went even more crazy and as I was on his shoulders, I said, my beloved is mine and I am his. And my banner, his banner over me is love. I said, for the first time ever, I don't have to think about how we'll pay for the ticket to go to Ireland or, or Israel or New Zealand because I am in him. I am on his shoulders. If he goes, I just go with him. He is the one that pays. He is the one that says, go. He, I just go with him. I don't have to say, do I go or don't I go? Is it the right timing? And I woke up from that dream and I went to my husband and I said, oh, you would never believe it. I met my beloved. <laughs> he was like standing with his back against the fridge. <laughs> I said, darling, you know that the Lord has come into my uh, room. You know that I've seen him in the heavens. You know that I've flown over the nations in vision. But I found the beloved. And I can't wait to go back to sleep tonight because I'm going to go and see him some more. And he was like, okay, darling. <laughs> Love you. Well, I went back to sleep and I didn't find him again, but that has set my course for life. My beloved is mine, and I'm his, and his banner over me is love, and where he goes, we follow. So as the church is shut and we went back to our first love, we were actually living for two years in the Song of Solomon, where he was knocking on the lattice, calling his bride, not the bride with the curlers and a face mask saying how ugly she is, but a, a group, a male and female, the corporate body of Christ, the bride that has made herself ready. When we are despairing of life itself, there is only one place, and that is the face place of God, where you want to eat his face like fresh bread, baked bread, because there is nobody else that can be an answer. Then he, the Lord, saw them straining and rowing, for the wind was against them. And a cross reference takes us to Matthew where it says, that of the same account says, a contrary and boisterous wind had picked up. Contrary means opposing and boisterous means troublesome. So have you got some opposing, troublesome situations in your life right now? I want to tell you right now that you're not meant to give the 
uh, boisterous country winds attention. You meet the, the, the answer is to call Jesus into the boat. The answer is to keep your eyes on him. Because he is the creator, he's the Alpha Omega, Omega, the creator of all things. Woo! Amen. And what he has begun in you, he completes. Amen. On the body, we're on that treadmill. I must complete 20 minutes, 50 minutes to get this body going. But in the spirit, what God has begun in you, he will complete and he will add to you and not take away. And they saw the, not the glitter, the glory falling in the building. And as that beautiful, wherever you are, singer sung that song, when she sung the song, the anointing had arrived. We are not priests that are serving at an altar out of rote. You on the rote, you on the list today to serve at the altar. No. We are the people of God that turn up with hungry hearts and the anointing comes. Then when the anointing comes, we go with the anointing. He will tell you what to say for each and every group and each and every individual, whether it's a lady behind a till or whether it's a child that has social phobias. You will know exactly what to say by the direction of the Holy Spirit. So they saw Jesus walking on the water and he would have passed them by, but when they saw him walking in the sea, they first of all thought it was a ghost and they and cried out for they all see, saw him and were troubled but immediately he talked with them and said to them be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid then he came up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled you are meant to be greatly amazed within yourself greatly amazed at the kindness of God, the generosity of God, the bigness of God, the supernaturalness of God, the results of God, the increase of God, the invitation of God, the revelation of God. He's invited you and he's revealed himself to you and he is the one that sends you and we use this very difficult word apostolic but the word apostolic means sent so don't worry about the complication of it rather the invitation of it so now in philippians 4 verse 4 rejoice in the lord always and uh, always again i say rejoice let your gentleness be known to all men the lord is at hand he is the God at your right hand. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's closer than your very breath. He lives inside of you. There's a scripture, I think it's in John. It says, if you do obey, obey these words that are recorded in my word, we will come and live in you. Now there's always this thing, is Jesus in us or is Jesus intercessor before the Father? Is the Holy Spirit, are we allowed to speak to the Holy Spirit or is he just a, a 
an agent for God. And where is God? Surely God is in the heavens. Well, there's the scripture that says, if you obey my commandments and study my teaching, we will come and live in you. So you have the fullness of the Godhead in your prayer chamber. So my husband got through 18 days and then he was sent, um, they revived and did all these things. And when I went to his bed that particular day, the Lord was no longer standing at the head of his bed. I said, Lord, where are you? He said, look out the window. And I looked out the window, it was Jesus and he was standing in the garden below. And he said, I've already moved. You must move Lionel. So I went to the office, to the rooms to speak to the physician and he said, yes, today is the day we have to move in. There are too many germs in the hospital. We brought him, he's got so many antibiotics and so much stuff in him that we brought him all the way through, but now we need to move him to a rehab. I phoned the man that put the half a million into the account, which they'd used, obviously, uh, in that time. And he said, I'm going to pay for the rehab. Please go onto the website and choose a rehab which we did, and we moved him, and that, then he became Moira, my husband. Every day, he was so sick and tired of that speech therapist, the OT, the physio, and when they tried to teach him new words, he would go like this, and just stare at me. And I just remember every day, I arrive at eight, and I leave that night at 10, looking after the anointing. And he goes, and I say, what's the problem? He says, intellect. I said, aha, you don't want to learn about apples and pears and oranges and, and peaches. You want your intellectual property back. He said, yes. But to learn language, you've got to learn groupings. That all the fruit, all the animals you know, are different groupings. And that rebuilds the brain and neural pathways. But he was already spiritually saying, where is my intellectual property where I can stand for five hours in Africa and just preach one message after another? I want to access that. All I can say is, it's a step at a time. It's a step at a time, people. Let us rejoice. Let us be gentle. Let us not be anxious. Let us take every day in the glory of the Lord. Let us invite Jesus not to stay on the outside of the boat, but to get in the boat when we are in the storm. Let our prayer be, Lord, change me. Let us come into the mature anointing. Let us stop asking every single body that you think has got a better anointing than you to pray for you. You are more than anointed to pray. You can hear God. He will speak to you. He will guide you. The body of Christ is maturing. She is coming to the full measure and the full stature. The world is looking for the sons and the daughters of God to arise. We are an authentic people in an authentic kingdom. We are a people touched by the Holy Spirit. We are people forgiven and equipped. We are people hungry for more of God's presence. We are people who live beyond our limitation because we have met our limitless Father God. Amen. I want you to say to the person next to you now, you know, if you all turn to the person on the left, you'll be looking at somebody else's head. So don't do that. <laughs> Take somebody on your left or on your right and say to the person, to each other, you can do this. You can do this.
You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You You are going to do Jesus' life. I praise the Lord for Karen and Wayne Mayer. I praise the Lord that they knew Jesus from a young age. I praise the Lord that they don't put on a message, but they are authentic messengers. I praise the Lord that they have a capacity to cut open pathways. I praise the Lord that they know how to establish people in a non-religious manner. They will sit and eat with you, cry with you, bury your, your family, dedicate your babies, and show you that what authentic Christianity looks like. When you only fellowship in a place of authentic uh, relationship, you are unaware of how religious some flows can be. So, to wrap up, my husband came out of the rehab and this boisterous wind and the boat that was nearly sinking, and we had to move home, pack up a home of 18 years to another rental where I can drive straight into the garage and put him in a wheelchair because there were 22 stairs to our house on the Fishing Mountain. And he's, um, it was a rented house. And um, often you can rent somebody's beautiful property that you can't afford to buy. <laughs> yeah. You must be clever. Anyway. Are you into ownership or stewardship? I'm into stewardship because it's all gonna be left behind. And so, if he did the 11 stairs, we'd have to build a little bed there for you'd have to rest a whole night to do the other 11, so we had to move. And I remember saying to the Lord, I've never done this. My husband led as a very, very good husband would. And I'm lying in bed and the Lord said, drive up this road. I'm lying in bed by my children. And I drive up this road and I stop up and I turn in the cul-de-sac and as I go back, my goodness, look at the scene, Glen Ken, that I could live here, it's so beautiful. And I go home, and that day, no, I go to the hospital, my daughter-in-law, who knows nothing about this, sends me a picture, and he says, there's a little seaside cottage, the road above us, and it's up to rent. It's the very house I was parked outside. <laughs> you see, because I am, because I trust him, because I'm not clever enough to outsmart him, because I lean deep into him, because I know no, no other way to do it, he does it. If you allow him. And so we go in there and look at the house that night, and I'm walking around with the lady that owns it, and I go, this is my house. There's other people looking as well. And I go, this is my house. It's got cream carpets and cream, and cream curtains, cream on cream. That's me. <laughs> and she's pushing me around the corner and she says, I want you to have the house. I want you. And the agent's saying, this is very unethical. You haven't even done a security check on me yet. And I said, it's my house. My house. And she said, it suits me perfectly because I'm going overseas. And if you can, the other people can only take at the end of like July. And I need somebody in the end of June. I said, it's my house. We'll talk. Okay. And I moved into that house. And you know what the Lord said to me? 
This is your princess cottage. Oh. First time in all those years that we married that it was a little house that we had an ensuite bathroom. Oh. I went, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I got very flat feet. I lived in First Avenue Fisher. My parents didn't own a car until I was 11 years of age. We only bought a little house, assisted living uh, through the Divisional Council in, in Sun Valley. My ministry was in Ocean View to the people that I love. And my feet are very flat on the ground. Because of black names. Yeah. <laughs> and we got an all sweet. Like, <laughs> and I remember my husband bringing my husband home to that house. And he was walking with a walking stick at that stage, little by little, and I'm behind him in case he trips on the carpet. And I said, What do you think, darling? He says, You. And he smiled. I said, Me what? Clever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've many adventures with the, high, with the wheelchair, tried to take him on a walk down the driveway, brought the wheelchair, very I was thought it out, you know, brought the wheelchair backwards, but didn't take into account that his weight in the wheelchair was going to overcome me, uh. and I was going to go under the wheelchair, and he was going to go, oh, the other side. But I managed with the brake on and say, okay, darling, I think I'll take you for a drive in the car, rather. And I remember going to restaurants and the staff would come because they got to know us and bring him a special chili and a cushion. And I used to sit there while they got him comfortable, you know. And I remember saying to the Lord, high heels and a wheelchair don't go together, not sexy, God. <laughs> <laughs> and so the story went on, he had a heart attack in 2017 and his heart was not able to continue and a physician at Christian Barnard befriended us and said give me a chance let me see if I can pull him through and even invited me to live with them him and his wife in their home in Seapoint just under Signal Hill for 18 days that my husband was in, in Christian Barnard. Oh, yes. He would come and knock on my door and say, emergency, pray. Hmm. And he would rush down in the middle of the night, come back, knock on the door, all well, go back to sleep. Oh, okay. Amazing! Oh, yes. It is a platform mess. <laughs> Where did God get this from to bless me like this? My mother was a, a, a checkout supervisor at um, ShopRite. My father was a beach inspector at Fisher Beach. In the days of apartheid, they said, I'm sorry, you can't come onto the beach because your skin's the wrong color. Come home and cry his eyes out because it was the only job he could get, but it wasn't who he was. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, um, what was I telling you now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, staying in Seapoint. Good taste for liquor and expensive things. <laughs> because I did with nothing for so long. Now I've got God and He oh, pays yeah. for everything. <laughs> and so the physician said to me, Rose, I want you to sign a form to say that we won't revive him again. Because he's 66 years of age, but medically he's 85. <laughs> We've opened every vein, we've cleaned out every wound in his feet, we've uh, strengthened him in every way. And I said, I can't. 
He said, that's okay, when you're ready. And every evening when he'd come home from the hospital, he would speak to me about it, and then I'd say, I will be ready, but it's not today. I am not God. And then the cardiologist came to see me, a lady cardiologist, a very famous lady cardiologist, and she said to me, Rose, your husband's been kept alive on adrenaline. Can't send him home on adrenaline. And if we take the adrenaline down, he's going to go to Jesus. Got all the kids together, said, let's decide on a date. 25th of October, 2018. In that morning, we said to him, darling, you're going to Jesus. And he just nodded. The physician came in and said, Rose, this is the day. My husband could not move his body, but I saw him move into a fetal position in the spirit. He was ready. He was ready. We prayed with him, we sung with him, they put off the machine, well, brought the adrenaline down, and two o'clock that day, he went to be at the Lord. I want you to know that the physicians that came to pray and to hold my hand as, as, over us as a family said, we want you to know that there are many days we came and stood in his ICU cubicle while he was fast asleep so that we could be saturated in the presence of God. A lady friend phoned me and she said the day before the 25th, the 24th, she said, today it's you and, and God with Lionel, nobody else. She said, I have a vision of you pressing your head against God's chest so that ear is closed and he has his hand and he's closed the other ear, just you and God with Lionel. And she said, an on, no, battalions of angels have arrived at the hospital in preparation. Nobody goes to heaven, I'm saying this now, nobody goes to heaven by mistake. Whoops! There is a huge protocol, just as there's a protocol for Parliament and for a court of law, there's a protocol in and out of heaven. You don't just slip into heaven. Jesus said, I've got to prepare a place for you. And you cannot go a day before your allotted time. So, at the end of it all, Two days later, she said, Rose, it's taken two days for the angels to leave in formation again. As they came, she said, they all over the N2 highway as they are leaving that hospital. I said, well, I don't believe you made it up. I believe you're right. I said, there were many days I sat at the hospital and I saw a surgeon running to a theater and I would see either an angel or Holy Spirit run alongside, grab the hand in the spirit and run with that surgeon. I said, there must be something on that hospital. It's the hospital that is dedicated to Christian Barnard, who did the first heart transplant, where Cape Town not only had a change of heart in a man getting a heart transplant, but we have a new heart, for we are the city of our God. Table Mountain is a prophetic statement that God has set a table for us in the midst of our enemies. The Twelve Apostles Mountain is a statement. Signal Hill is a statement. We are a city beautiful for situation. And there's no such thing as Devil's Peak. It's David's Corp. It is the dove's head. And through origin to tradition, it came into mythology and Rip van Winkle, 
you know, uh, smoking his pipe, and that's rubbish. It's rubbish. Damon's Court. We are a city surrounded by the mountains of God, even as the mountains surround Jerusalem. You are a people that have made yourselves ready and you're in a process for the greatest revival for the world. Don't stop now. Rejoice and be glad that you are still in the earth, for many have gone. Some of our greatest spiritual generals are before the throne of God and they are there doing the final work with the Father. They are part of the cloud of witnesses. Heaven and earth is brethren between these two places. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there was three angels that oversaw I'm not talking about New Age angels. I can't teach this stuff in Ireland. They will never have it back because they believe in angels hanging in their car and angels. This is the company that were created by the Father, the seven spirits of God. The, the, um, the, 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 the one third was cast out with Satan, but two thirds of Created angelic beings, I nearly said evangelical beings. Angelic beings are before the throne. And she said, on the two days later, the three big angels that oversaw God's commission, just as the angel was sent to speak to Abraham, sent to speak to Jacob, sent to speak New Testament, sent to speak to Mary. She said the three big angels were walking, but the one was lagging behind. And they said, I'm waiting for that promised tissue, please, God. Yes. <laughs> and so the two big angels walked and the one lagged behind. Thank you so much in your beautiful black and white. You see, now those are the kind of tackies. <laughs> 2022 20, running. Yeah, 2022, yeah, 20, we need to wear them so we can run. Eh? So. She said, the two angels said, look back, and the third one said, come on, we're leaving. And the third angel said, you go. The Lord has asked me to stay for Rose. And the Lord has assigned his angels to you. To watch over you, to guard you. I live in miracles. I've watched my needle, my petrol gauge go up. And enough petrol to get where I have to be, even though I didn't stop at the garage. Amen. And this is this life that we now live. We live by faith in the Son of God. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your way. Thank you for this congregation. Today you are part of this congregation. Tomorrow you might be at another church. But today we are the single congregation that are meeting between heaven and earth. And there is a mandate and there is a message that has been released this day. Will you receive the scroll of God? The message that was delivered today. Will you eat it? That will be sweet in your mouth and sweet in your belly. May the anointing upon the Word of God powerfully impact you this morning. May you regurgitate 
this word. May you think about it, listen to it, ask questions of the Father and of the Holy Spirit. Give God permission to bless you. Give God permission to lead you. Give God permission to use you. You are not done. You are only just beginning. This that you are standing in has been out of a preparation for that that is yet to come. If you are not in heaven, you are an end time company that will usher in the return of Jesus Christ. His mandate and his ministry is supernatural. There are days that you cannot measure his ways. He holds the seas in his one hand. He has storerooms where he keeps the snow. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of his peace there shall be no end. Of his peace and his governance there shall be no end. His governance in the earth, his governance on the church, his governance on the people. May our response be yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We say yes to you today. In Jesus' name. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. If you are standing, you are standing because you are saying, I have been chosen for such a time as this. Sighing and sorrow will flee away. If you are standing, you are standing because you are saying, Here am I, Lord, use me. If you are standing, you are standing because you're saying, I'm giving my life back to Jesus. If you are standing, you're saying, God, I am willing to be a servant in the household of the Lord. As you are standing, we are giving our burden back to Jesus. Whether it's a stroke, whether it's a heart attack, whether it's a divorce, whether it's abuse, whatever has been going on in your life, I'm not the one to come and point it out. The Holy Spirit is here and He is the one that is touching you. I wouldn't dare to presume but to say to you that He loves you. His mercies endure forever. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. The word of God says that he sees your tears, that they do not fall into the ground, but he collects them in bottles as a memorial unto him. If you have never known Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, or you are coming back to Jesus because you, are, you, you slipped away from God. I'm not going to call you to the front, but I'm going to ask you to slip onto your knees wherever you are. That I can pray. That you say, I'm coming back to Jesus. Or you're saying, I'm accepting Jesus 
for the first time. If you have brought a friend with you this morning and you know that they don't know the Lord, take their hand and kneel with them. That you're saying we're coming back to Jesus together. This is the day of your salvation. In case you're too shy to kneel, let us pray this together. Father God, thank you for salvation. Thank you that you forgive me. Thank you that you wash me with the blood of Jesus. I thank you that you make me part of your family. That today I am born again. And I will go with you to heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. that your journey is only just beginning. And the Lord says for you and for Wayne, the hardship will flee away. Your children are ready to call you blessed, but even your children's children will rise up in time and call you blessed. For the standard that you have set in your family life, and the standard, this is very important, that you have set in the movement of God. For some will say, who's that tiny little church? Who's that funny little group? Why would they be in that strange building down on the M5? It's not very convenient anymore. I don't think I'll even go there anymore. And there's been, I'm not saying that this has happened or been said. I'm using this as an example. But the Father says, you heard and you heard correctly. When I walked into the building this morning, all I saw was a multi-purpose center. And I felt the Lord say that people will come into this building and the anointing in this auditorium will be so strong that before they even get to the, their seat, they will want to know about King Jesus. All that you've been through has just been a preparation. God says to you as a couple and as a family, He wants to prosper you now. Well, you've gone without, you've given away, you've opened your doors to some that blessed and had some that didn't even bless. But Father says, I'm going to increase to you now. I'm going to add to you now. I'm going to extend the court, the courts of your uh, tabernacle. I'm going to extend you to the right, the left, the front and behind. And the Lord says, I will renew your youth. You already look like a girl. <laughs> but the Lord says, for you and Wayne together, I see you going on some adventures, and I offer this. I don't, I'm not prescriptive. Maybe doing like the Otter Trail, or maybe even doing um, the Camino, or maybe even doing, oh, what's that now? Kilimanjaro. And I see you walking, holding hands, you and Wayne. <laughs> You're laughing and crying, laughing and crying, for the glory of the latter will be greater than the former. The Lord says you are a spokesperson, the two of you together, and a voice in a city. Your vision is not just for this place, it's for a city. God's going to use the two of you to train first class leaders 
of integrity. There's enough rubbish going down, and God says, you will not only teach it, you will impart it because you love it. Let's give the Lord a hand. The, the, the doors going out of your church are going to be larger even than the doors coming in because they will train and be released. They will plant in other places, in other places. I love you all. And I'm sure that I love this lady in the yellow dress with the cream jacket. A beautiful mother in the Lord. One whose prayers are being answered for your family. You have travailed long. Your knees are worn out. For those that are, there's only one good Afrikaans word, stoked. For those that will not obey, you have prayed them through. And God says, I have a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. Thank you, Father. Besides the lady on the keyboard, anybody here that was on the stage this morning, will you just stand to your feet if you were the drummer, the singer, and the other singer, I think it was, yes. This lady with the blue on here, right in front of me. Father says that he is causing you to be a measuring line. You are a no-nonsense person. Yes is yes and no is no. And they mustn't come late because you have a principled life. And Father says, I want you to know, my daughter, that I am the one that made you this way. I put a rod of steel in your back and I made your foreign blood flint. And in this next season, you're going to push through into areas that you have longed to push through into. My hand is upon you and will not fail, says the Lord. I will add and add and not take away. God bless you. You can be seated. The lady with the black mask on and the beautiful skirt, if I'm right, if I can see there, yes. The Lord says, new songs, new songs, new songs. I see you in worship, but I also see you at times just singing a sound, releasing a sound. Whoa! And that sound that you release in this building will soak into the atmosphere. He says, don't worry when the people stop singing. That's when I'm just beginning. And I just see you're holding a note. And as you just hold a, a note and a melody, they will join in response to the, the note and the melody, not the words. For it is another level that I'm leading you into. God bless you. You can be seated. Are you the drummer? Where is the drummer? I'm coming back to you. She's probably outside because she's very young. But my heart is the drum beat. Oh, I had to hold myself in. I wanted to get up there and go slam those drums a bit. I can't play, but I can release the sound. You were the second singer. Yes, that's right. I remember looking at you and thinking, some of them are wearing their garden on the bottom with all their floral. Some of them are wearing their garden with all their floral on the top. Some of them are totally God's garden, but here is a lady that is a classic dresser. That's what I thought when I looked at you. She's got the, the block of color and the block of color and a fabulous statement on her. She's not the one that's going to be whimsical and speak about the flowers. 
you are the one. That is a line for line, precept for precept, child of God. You don't have to elaborate on the daisy and how it was made. You are the one that hears God line for line, precept for precept. And you teach, not, you speak about not only the word of God, but the principles of God. Father says, do not give up, do not stand still, keep going, for I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. Your greatest day is still ahead of you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. May the rest of your day be the beginning of the rest of your life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm. You know, while I was grieving, and it was three years and four months now that my husband is gone. So from the stroke until now has been a seven-year journey. I want to encourage you and say, God has you for the long haul. Mm. Don't just space out after three weeks. Oh, Corinne didn't greet me. Oh, they promised to bring me electricity and they did and I'm out of here. God has you in this for the long haul. And He is preparing you for each and every season. Let me close with the scripture. I said to Karen when we met for coffee before this the other day, and I said to Karen, I am so not able to bring up a hundred people any longer and prophesy over them. I don't feel that that is necessarily what God is doing right now. Mm. What I preach is prophetic. Amen. I hope you grabbed hold of it. Amen. And I close with this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, close your eyes for this peace. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, Rose. We appreciate your life story and just your go-to. I think for me that is what I take away today. Who is your go-to when you face those stormy weathers? When 
those winds blow against your boat. Who's your goat? May it be Jesus, as we heard from Rose, the love of your soul, your beloved. So can we just bow our heads and just in the presence of the Lord, just receive him again as your lover, as your beloved. Father God, I thank you for each and every one of us here today. May we just sense, as we've done from the moment we've stepped in this building, that your presence is with us. Thank you, Lord, that you fill each and every one here today, from the youngest to the oldest. Lord, that we would know that you love us with an overwhelming love, with a never-ending love, with a fight for you can do this love. And so, Father God, as your precious spirit just abides with us, as we leave this place, that you would go with us, that we receive your Holy Spirit to guide, to lead us, to comfort us, to help us along life's journey. And so may the blessing of the Lord that make the region add no sorrow be your portion today. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. For thanksgiving we all say, Amen. Amen.